Isn't that an incredible testimony of where our Pony Express campaign has actually come out? I, I wasn't even expecting uh, that kind of response. You guys have blown me away uh, once again. We, we, we've said all along that, uh, kind of in jest and in fun, that the place that all this was heading was Malachi Station 310. Have you picked up on that? Now, that, that place does not actually exist. We made that up. But, but, but Malachi is a book of the Bible, and if you haven't already yet, uh, turn there with me and let's read what that says. It's a clue to, uh, I think, what the Lord wants us to uh, dwell on a bit this morning. Uh, Malachi 3, starting with verse 10. And as I read this, I, I hope you'll understand why uh, this is a day of thanksgiving and a day of uh, grand conclusion for Uh, our estimates of giving for 2015. The prophet Malachi is speaking to to the whole nation of Israel. And in verse 10, he says, Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, so that there may be food in my house. And test me now in this. This is God speaking through the prophet to his people. Very unusual attitude God seems to be taking on here. Now test me now in this. When I was a kid, we'd call that a double dog dare. (laughs) Now now test me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you a blessing until there is no more need. The New American Standard translates that very vanilla. Blessing until there, here's a better translation. Pour out a blessing for you until there is not room enough. That's what it really says. The Hebrew kind of leaves you dangling there. Not enough for what? The idea is not enough that you can contain it. It, 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 so, So that there is not room enough to contain. Try to outgive me. And see if I don't fill the hole that was left behind and overflow it. That, that's what God's promise is. Then I will rebuke the devourer for you. So that it may not destroy the fruits of the ground. That was the source of their income. Nor will the vine in the field cast its grapes. In other words, the harvest is spoiled because the grapes drop from the vine too soon. And all the nations will call you blessed, for you shall be a delightful land. Now that's a promise to a whole nation, the nation of Israel, but I think it's also a promise to all who would respond to that challenge of God. This is a promise that God is so eager to fulfill, he dares us to take take him up on it. And the good news today is I'm not preaching this sermon to try to talk you into giving. I'm preaching this sermon because you've already decided to. So the the first part of that verse is bring the whole tithe. That's our part. That's our part. We've already postured ourselves for that. What's the rest of that verse? The rest of that is all God's part. See that I will not open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing so much so that you cannot contain it. Try to outgive me. Take me up on that. Now you're saying, Pastor, that's irresponsible. 
That's irresponsible for you to preach something like that. Somebody, some good-hearted, gullible person is going to give something that's a, that's a sacrifice, or they're going to tithe for the first time, and this year they're going to lose their job. And then what are they going to think of God? Well, I'm not the one doing the dare. He, he's the one doing the dare. And that's not on my back. My concern is that knowing that he who sows little will reap little and he who sows much will reap much. That somehow I won't preach this clearly enough that you miss out on your blessing. I want you this day to leave this place not with a burden to give more, but with an excitement to see God move on your behalf. If you can leave with that kind of expectancy, and if in these next months, God, just like God does, proves himself true to his word, then this will not be a matter of giving to an institution. It will not be a matter of ever paying a bill. It will not be a matter of being taxed by the church. Do you see what God is setting up here? He, he, he didn't say, uh, he didn't give you a pitch. In other words, all these people have less than you. I'm going to burden your guilty heart so that you'll have to give to them. That's not where he goes with this. It, it, it's, it's, it's not about a guilt trip. And, and, it, and it's not about prying someone's arm. What does he say? He says, test me in this. He says, let's let this be a little relational experiment between you and I. Take this very measurable thing that you can do, risk it with me, and watch me come through. God doesn't ask us to give because he needs the funds. It's all his anyway. Just look a hundred years down the pike. Who's going to have all your stuff? It won't be you. He's not sweating this. But our giving can become a way that we step into a more trusting relationship with the Lord. When we give, we have to trust on him to supply. When we give, we become partners with Him in the way He blesses not only us, but blesses others through us. The truth of the matter is this morning is that you have, by your estimates of giving, have already put yourself in a position, more of us than ever, put ourselves in a position where uh, God can bless us because we have chosen to be a blessing. God's daring us. Put me in a position to bless you because you have chosen to be a blessing. Let's set that up and see what happens. Tithing is a dare in this verse, but it's, but it's so much more than that. This is in the Old Testament. God's just beginning to teach his people uh, about generosity. And, and that's the real lesson that he wants his kids to get, each and every one of us. What it means to be generous. How, how many of you would like your kids to learn to be generous? 
right? How, how, how do we teach that? If you were beginning to teach the concept of generosity, that characteristic of heart to your kids that you hope comes to season all of their lives, how would you do it? How would you define what it means to be generous? Imagine this. This is easy for me to imagine. Imagine you've got twins. And, and, and on, Easter, on Easter, one of them's sick, so he doesn't get to be here for the helicopter ride outside where all the candy is, is, is parlayed, right? You know? and, and he comes home, the one that was here, with his huge bag of candy. And what do you do with a huge bag of candy when you're a kid? Well, you count it. Yeah. You, I, some people just eat it. I would always count it. Uh, but 250 pieces of candy. And wouldn't you know it, he's counting it in front of his sick twin brother. One, two, three. Set those ten aside. One, you know, 250 pieces of candy. And after watching all this and, and watching your son that's not, not only ill, but has been left out of this this great blessing, uh, as you watch him look at this with pain. This, this has nothing to do with history over here, just so you know. Uh, as he watches that brother count out those 250 pieces, what does your heart do as a parent? You, you get a what would Jesus do moment going, don't you? you? You want your sons to understand what it is to share, to be a blessing, right? To, to, to be generous, and, and, and so you, you look at the one with the pile of candy and you say, what would Jesus do? And he looks back at you and he says, share, huh? And you say, yeah. And so he pulls out of his, out of his bag three Hershey's kisses <laughs> and gives them to his brother and then looks back to you for, did I get it right? What, what do you do? What do you do? You, you want to teach the concept of generosity here. Well, what, what would be generous? Half. Somebody said half. I'm so glad you're not God. Half. <laughs> half. But well, yeah, that's generous. Half. How many of you would have said half? Some of you would have said half. Pray for their children. <laughs> half. 50%. Why? Why? Because you, you understand that if, if you've got 250 pieces of candy and you give three Hershey's Kisses away and you look and think, you know, that's generous, you're kidding yourself, right? The concept hasn't been properly appropriated here, right? So gently you say, no, not, not three. And he shuffles a little more, looks up again, shuffles a little more. Look, I, I don't know where that place is, where, where you might say it's generous. I, I imagine many of us, though, would not stop at 25 pieces of candy. But this is the beginning of God's lessons in generosity. He's gentle. He wants us to realize it's enough to matter, to matter to us, to matter to somebody else. He wants to begin to teach us the concepts of generosity. Now, let's say, let's change the scenario a little bit. 
Let's, let's say your son reaches over. He, you didn't see him count it. He comes down with his bag. He takes three pieces of Hershey Kisses out. He gives them to his brother. You saw him out there that afternoon hoarding all that stuff underneath the helicopter. Not really sure what that teaches our kids. But anyway, that, you know, that, that, that's going on out there. You, 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 you've seen all that. He hands him three pieces of Hershey's Kisses. And you look at him like, is that really generous? And he kind of looks back at you with a heartbroken look and you look in his bag and in the bottom of the bag is a huge hole. And somewhere along the way, all the candy has been lost, but six Hershey's kisses. And he just gave three to his brother. Now folks, that'll move a mother to tears. And move a father to Walmart to find replacement candy. <laughs> huh? Did, did he get it? Is, is generosity being learned? And you see, so, so God practices just parental wisdom with us. He, he starts us as, as, at, at a gracious place. His, his real issue, the real thing that he's looking for, is a change of heart. A change of covetousness where, where we compare ourselves to everybody who has more and we want what they have. Versus a heart of generosity, a heart like God who pays attention to what you have and has a radar for everyone who needs more. God is trying to teach us to, to mold our heart to be like the heart of His Son. Our twin brother. The one who came like us, who walked like us, who poured out his life, all the days of his life for us, who showed us generosity, incredibly, and ultimately from a cross, where he took the whole bag and gave his all. That kind of generosity, just, just glimpses of it, reflections of it, God wants to build in our hearts as his children. And he knows that's scary for us. He knows we're finite beings and he's infinite. And so he can give that kind of challenge and, and not quiver a bit. But for us as finite beings with, with limited resources, we react to it in different ways. And so, so he's kind. But, but he starts with at least the parental wisdom to start with something that's proportional. Right? Because whether or not you've got 25 pieces of candy in that bag or 250 pieces of candies in that bag. Both those bags have 10% by whoever has them, right? And, and so God knows if we're going to get in touch with the concept of generosity that it's really not the amount of the gift. Did you notice how varied those totals were on those bags? It's not the amount of the gift that's at issue. It's the amount of the sacrifice, that's how God measures the gift. That's why Jesus looked at the widow's mite and said, she gave more than anybody else here today to the temple offering. Well, they're two little copper coins. Why? Not because they were so much, but because they were all that she had. Her whole bag. And Jesus heard those coins. He noticed. God always does because he, he looks. Now, on the other hand, are we to say that, well, you know, it's just a matter of the heart. So as long as you give with uh, a great heart and with a gladness to do it, 
Way to go. Does that, so your son's got 250 pieces of candy. He pulls out three pieces of candy and he gives them with joy in his heart. Because he doesn't have to give the other 100, 247. Generosity? No, see, so, so there, a standard's helpful. It's not legalistic. It's not, it's just, let's be honest. Right? Let's not kid ourselves. It, it, it's a matter of the heart, and it's a matter of the overflow. And, and this really, this 10% thing, this tithe idea, it, it is just the beginning of, of generosity. What God hopes is that this will be a training in generosity for our stingy hearts, that giving we will come to want to give more. It has a momentum to it. In fact, in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, we see that momentum on a whole different level. Now, this is New Testament giving. This is those who have received the blessing of Jesus kind of giving. This is 2 Corinthians 11. No, it's 2 Corinthians 8. 2 Corinthians 8. And it starts this way. Now, brothers, we wish to make known to you the grace of God which has been given to the churches of Macedonia, that in a great ordeal of... A, listen to how this is described. How many pieces do they have in their bag? That in a great ordeal of affliction, the Macedonians' abundance of joy and their deep poverty has overflowed in a wealth of generosity. Okay, do the math with me here. What is overflowing? Is it, is it some impressive mammoth gift? No, it, but it's still great generosity. Why? Because it's given out of a place of poverty and affliction. Their bag has a hole in it. They don't have much to give anyway, but, but, but what they give, they give with all their hearts. You don't think God's not going to go to Walmart. For I testify that according to their ability and beyond their ability, they gave of their own accord. They gave sacrificially. This is beyond a portion of what I have. This is giving beyond what I can afford. But verse 4 said, They were begging us with much entreaty for the favor of participation and the support of the saints. And this, not as we had expected. This hadn't been some preacher putting a guilt trip on them. This, not as we had expected. But they gave, them, they gave themselves first to the Lord and then to us by the will of God. Look at, look at what's happening here. It's the principle of overflow. There's much more than a tithe being talked about here. Their joy is what's overflowing. Their joy from what? Their joy from the grace of God which has been given the churches in Macedonia. They're not giving because Paul gave some great pitch that the church in Jerusalem is now in a state of famine and in need of your support. He hadn't shown pictures of poor famished Christians in Jerusalem or, 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 or done a video. Uh, there, there was no, no, no pitch about it. Their hearts were so thankful for God, for what He had done, for who He was in them, that 
their thankfulness to God had risen to a point that they were looking for the opportunity to give in order to express that thankfulness. Oftentimes, I think of thanksgiving as giving thanks, right? But this morning, I want us to focus on thanksgiving. A particular kind of giving. A giving not out of guilt, and a giving not just for the instrumentality of what it does, but a giving that flows from a heart that can't help but be thankful. You know, that's really where the tithe started. Look back at Abraham. God had never prescribed a tithe. He was yet to teach this kind of lesson of generosity. In fact, he picked up the picture of this kind of generosity from one of his children, one of his older children that had previously, out of a heart like this, just overflowed, completely spontaneous. God had been favorable unto him, and Abraham decides to give a tenth back to God. That's the first place in all the Bible that the tenth is is mentioned. He actually had to go find a priest when there was no priest yet. Somehow found Melchizedek. We don't know where he came from. We don't know where he went. But there's this priestly figure in Salem, future Jerusalem, who receives his offering. And God looks upon that heart of generosity as one of his kids that's getting it right. (laughs) And so when it comes to teaching us generosity, he almost says, check out your older brother. Some of you are going to resist that because you've been younger brothers all your life. You've been sick of it. But that's basically what God our Father is saying. Here's an example. Here's how it's been expressed in the past by a person just like you. And it wasn't a matter of meeting some standard. It was a matter of this overflowing heart getting it right. Blessing God for the blessings we've received. Blessing God by being a blessing with that with which He's blessed us. It takes a right heart. It's a matter of Thanksgiving, responding to God, not to a particular need, though that's important too, not to particular circumstances, those we must notice, not as as a pitch or a plea. God loves a hilarious giver. Not giving to get, though God always out-blesses us when we give, but giving thankful Not to get anything, but because of all that God has already given us. It was during the season of the Vietnam War when I first heard a story like this. Parents had lost many of their sons to battle. And back home in many churches, during that season, after that horrible news was received, often a memorial gift would show up in a church, you know, a bench in the garden with a special plaque to remember their son, or, or, or a glass would become stained glass as a loving memory uh, to someone that a father and a mother wanted to honor. One of those ch- churches that was honoring others with those kinds of memorials found itself in a growth spurt And it needed not just a a memorial gift. It it really needed, in order to do its ministry well and to keep reaching the kids that it was drawing in, a whole new children's facility. The trustees 
examined what that would cost. And they decided to table it because during a time of such extraordinary grief, they thought that that would just be too much of a burden to, to put on the congregation. They wrestled it with it for a while, they discussed it, but they tabled it and they, they let it sit for years. In that season where it had kind of been placed to the side, one of those trustees that had been in on one of those conversations stopped in that memorial garden and was transfixed on that bench. His wife noticed and thought he would soon move away, but he didn't. The crowds were starting to disperse from the church. He didn't move. And so she approached him and she said, Honey, something's wrong. What's wrong? And he looked up and uncharacteristic for him, this strong man was weeping. And he said, nothing's wrong. I've just settled something with God. He said, we're not waiting for a capital drive. We're funding that children's facility ourselves. He was a man that was well-to-do, and it would be a sacrifice. But he knew in his heart it would be right. His wife was stunned. She knew how carefully he managed those funds. And she said, you mean we're paying for all of it? And he said, yes, and we're dedicating it to our son, Jason, who's just returned from Vietnam. She looked down at the plaque and the bench. She recognized that family and those circumstances that it pointed to. She said, but honey, Jason returned from the war just last month. And he's just fine. The father said, precisely. Precisely. And I'm so thankful. How could we do less? Thanksgiving. It's a different kind of giving. It's giving that's not resented. It's giving that's a joy. It's a giving that's looking and begging for an opportunity that could be right to express our hearts. Malachi 3.10 suggests that when we give like that, that, that God dares us. Test me now in this. Walk this out with me. See if you can't learn from me how quickly and readily I want to fill those who pour themselves out for me. Thanksgiving's not giving for all of the benefits that come back to us once we get involved in that kind of economy with God. It's, it's giving because of what we've already received from God. But that doesn't mean there are not many benefits. If you look in 2 Corinthians uh, 9, there's a whole list of benefits for those who choose with a hilarious heart to sow bountifully instead of meagerly. I can just list a few. Don't have time to preach on all of them. 
You probably have realized them all yourselves if you've been involved in this kind of a giving relationship with God. 2 Corinthians 9.10 says that He'll multiply your seed, the seed for the sower. In other words, when you get in the process of giving to glorify God, God will give you more seed so that you can give more, so that you can glorify God more, so that you can realize how faithful God is to supply you so that you can give more. You see the cycle here. God will multiply your seed, not just for your own needs, but for sowing. He will increase, 10b, He will increase the harvest of your righteousness. See, this is one thing that Paul understood. He understood that when we give, it doesn't matter what we give. If we give our time, if we give our treasure, if we give our talents, when we put our heart in a posture of giving, a heart stretched never goes back to its original state. We grow in that regard. And from that same heart, we give our time. From that same heart, we give our talents. From that same heart, we give our treasures. And and so Paul gives this advice. I see that you abound in these things, abound in this good work as well. He knows that from that heart, all things work out. And when we start giving generously and discover that God enables us, partners with us to give generously, when we start seeing how the blessing of God extended to, one, to someone else actually blesses us in return, when we start getting into this economy of giving, God changes our hearts. And those of us that have found ourselves covetous in the past, that's the weed that constantly grows in the garden of the heart, find ourselves being generous. Not in just some ways, but in many ways. You don't just give an estimate of giving. You show up with a banana pie. You you don't just give of what you have. You give of who you have. You're the one sitting beside the friend, pouring out that which is the treasure of your heart to them. Your Christ, His comfort. God's all about that. Making us his generous kids. And and any way that we we say, you know, I'll be generous in this compartment of my life, but not that compartment of our life, it has an effect on our hearts. So God wants us in every facet of ourselves to become more like Jesus. And when we do, he increases us so that we can give that much more. People aren't prepared to give testimonies today, but I guarantee you I could find 20 in this room right now that that has been their exact experience. God coming through again and again. But here's the kicker. The relationship never ends. The breathtaking leap of trust never gets easier. The depths of that trust always become more it's like a father looking up to his son standing on a wall the little toddler up there you know and and he's going to ask him to jump not up there you guys you scared me there for a second we're not going to jump from up but but you know what i'm saying the little kid on on a retaining wall there he is and he's going to jump to his father right and it's it's one of those retaining walls that just goes down a, a a diminishing you know 
slope like this. And so he jumps once and he's just almost in his fingertips as soon as he jumps. Daddy, daddy, let's do it again. He jumps up, he runs down three or four more steps. The father's now uh, two feet away. He jumps into his arms. A little bit farther down, jumps again. And the farther they go, the more delight they seem to have. Why? Because the bigger the leap, the bigger the trust, the greater the joy. It's not about the amounts. It's not about the numbers. It's about the joy. And every time God calls us a little farther down on that wall, (laughs) that same nervousness and anxiety is there. Is it not, or is it just me? But the greater the leap, the greater the trust, the greater his joy. And it keeps happening again and again and again in this relationship with our Father. He keeps stretching us, not because he's torturing us, because he's delighting in us. And we're learning to delight and trust in his providence, singing, great is thy faithfulness, O God, my Father. God calls us again and again to entrust ourselves to him. And that's what you're doing. And I want you to hear this morning that what you're doing comes with a promise from the God whose arms into whose you jump. Are you ready for that adventure? You signed up for that? I had a friend at ORU. Uh, he was on one of the World Action Singers, actually. He tells this story of being so bad in finances. He owed $20,000 in student debt, he and his little wife, you know. And the only job he had, other than working on campus, was to mow lawns, $20 a lawn. And one, one day in worship service, they were uh, passing the plates, you know, and he dug down in his pocket, took out two measly bucks and put it in the offering as it went by. And his friend first chided him. He said, two bucks? Are you kidding me? Is that all you got? And he says, well... It's a tithe. And he says, a tithe of what? And he said, a tithe of the $20 I made yesterday mowing that lawn. He said, you, you are $20,000 in debt, and you're worried about $2 going in an offering plate? He said, absolutely. When I put in my tithe, that $20,000 becomes God's responsibility. You've placed yourself in a position to be a blessing so that God can unashamedly bless you, so that he can grow you in this relationship, so he can stretch your heart to greater generosity, so he can make you reflect his son now here in this world by your generosity, by your likeness with him. I'll close with this. There was a revival some years ago, and a man stood and talked about how years ago he had come to a revival like that, and a missionary was there, and he only had a dollar in his pocket. But after the missionary gave his plea, he, he, he put that whole dollar in the offering plate, and the offering plate went by, you know. And He said, but since that time, he said, God has blessed me. I, I'm a businessman. I have uh, over a million dollars in assets, and I'm just here to testify that you cannot outgive God. God will outgive you. 
And it was just before the offering and the music started and the plates started going through again and again. This little old lady was sitting right behind him where he had stood up. And as the plate came towards him, she leaned forward on the pew and said, Do it again, mister. Do it again. Will we? You ready to sign up for that adventure? God's got adventures for us so far beyond this exercise of giving. He's teaching us the generous hearts that can affect a whole community. I don't know what shape that's going to take, but I saw a lot of it this last week. God bless you for being the people that you are, for trusting God with this adventure. And when you're generous like that, all I've got to say is brace yourself. Brace yourself for what God's about to do. Showing you, you can't outgive him. If today your bag feels empty and you've only got six Hershey's kisses, know how your father feels when you offer a proportion of what you have. Know that his is a parent's heart, not only to teach you generosity, <laughs> but to baffle you at how quickly he'll get back from Walmart. Lord God, for being such a God, we give you thanks. And we thank you that this day, we celebrate not just a su successful stewardship drive, but God, this day, we position ourselves to celebrate thanks giving. God bless you for the God that you are. God bless you for never ceasing to call us deeper into that relationship. Help us to leap again. Seeing the joy on your face, the delight in your heart. Praise you, Lord God, for teaching us to be like your son. In your gracious name we pray. Amen. And as an army expecting an adventure, would you stand with us this morning? If you'd like a relationship with that Lord, he calls you to it. There's nothing you have he desires more than you. That's where it all starts. In relationship with him, we invite you to this altar if that's something that you would choose this morning. If you would choose to walk out this life of generosity, of walking with the Lord with us, we invite you into the membership of our church. As we stand and sing, you just come forward. We'll see God do his faithful thing once again. Amen. Let's sing.